Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Lending Podcast live with Alec Hansen. Really excited to bring on Danny Kim today. Now, let me give you a brief background of this guy and how we kind of connected up. So, of course, you know, this show, Modern Lending, we do a lot of stuff about mortgage. And this guy spent 25 years at Bank of Hawaii playing the mortgage game, serving the community, doing this really cool stuff. But he pivoted. He pivoted into a whole new area, founding the DK Leadership Program two years ago, and now uh, the Aloha Living Project, founder of the Aloha Journal. And thank you, Danny, for sending me this. I cannot wait to talk about your career, your life changes, what brought you to this whole concept of journaling and what it's doing in the world today and how it could probably help a lot of us. So without further ado, let's kick it and bring on Danny Kim. All right. Danny, good to see you. Hey, great to see you, Alec. Aloha. How are you? Aloha, man. I just I wish we could be doing this in Hawaii. That would have made my life like so much better. I got the picture here in the back just so you can, you know, just be <laughs> I know. Here I mean, we were just talking before, you know, um, uh, we have a great operation in Hawaii and um, normally I'm out there once a quarter or more. We have a family vacation and COVID's ruined all of it. So right, right. I know we get to hang out here, Danny, but it's okay. It's great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. Thanks for having me on. Um, so let's do this, my man. Let's share a little bit of your past. Like, let's get some perspective of who you are, what you've done in your career, what led you to to this state. And I want you to share with everybody a little bit about what what you've gone through in your life. Yeah, thanks. Um, like as you mentioned, most of my career had been in banking. I I had worked for the Bank of Hawaii for twenty five years, had a great career there. But during that time, there was always this itch of wanting to do something different. And you know, I spent a large majority of my life always seeking things like self-help been to tony robbins john yeah. maxwell all of these different uh you know self-help organizations and then i was wondering like okay like why do i keep seeking things outside of myself mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i went to this place called the hoffman institute where i realized that a lot of the, the patterns that were coming up in my life uh, was due to actually things that I learned from my parents in childhood. Yeah. And um, that was very interesting to me. Um, but when I came out of that, I, I felt like, okay, if I learned it, I could actually unlearn it as well. That's a great so, comment. Yeah. So w one of the things that I wanted to do was after I got out of there, I said, hey, you know, if I had learned these things um, as a child growing up, as a young adult, would it have changed some of the decisions and the trajectory of my life? So what I wanted to do was to actually see what was being taught in the schools. And what I realized was shocking, like every single school has some type of social and emotional learning program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I never had these things growing up. Uh, when I take my daughters to college tours, yeah, said the number one probably utilized service is to seeing the psychologist on campus. Huh. And so I had this huge vision is I'm, I'm going to do these training courses and I'm going to teach everybody all these things that I learned from positive psychology and how to better yourself. But I had to, I had to like narrow that vision down. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to do is say, okay, what if we focused in a small segment? Maybe it's folks that are going to college in the mainland from Hawaii, but coming back home, uh, for reasons other than financial. Yep. So we're going for a semester or two and then coming back home says, okay, if I could, you know, teach them 
about you know, emotional health and resiliency and connection, would that make a difference? So as I started to interview these students on why they came back home, many of them would say, you know, I, I wasn't experiencing aloha when I went up to, you know, schools on the mainland. I said, oh, you know, what, what do you mean by that? So in Hawaii, as you know, because you've been here a lot, um, we have certain customs. Yeah. Like, for example, one of them is when you enter a house or a room, we take off our shoes. But you're in college and you're a freshman, you go in a dorm room, like nobody's taking off their shoes, right? <laughs> so it's this feeling like, wow, I'm in a new place. Uh, it's a different climate, different culture, different customs. And how do I actually you know, fit in here? Mm -hmm. So as I started to do more research, it was deeper than that. So this whole Generation Z, those uh, 18 to 22 years of age, they're going through this um, epidemic of loneliness, depression, yeah. and um, lack of connectivity. So it's huge. So like, it'd be interesting because, I mean, I have young kids. They're always on their phones. Yeah. They have <laughs> thousands of Snapchat and TikTok friends. Yes. How could they be lonely? How could someone be lonely on a college campus where there's thousands of people? And what I realized through the research is loneliness is, is not necessarily being around a lot of people. It's actually how you feel inside and how authentically and genuinely you can connect. But you know, Danny, and it's that, I know we're talking about college kids, but I think there's such a strong parallel to what many of us are experiencing. Absolutely. Depending, depending on how we're reacting to COVID, you know, there's tons of loneliness and self-isolation um, sometimes even with your family, you, you might even have your family around, but you can still feel isolated, um, yeah. and having trouble connecting and we're forced to be on these video calls and zooms. And yeah, I mean, I think this is a really prevalent conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could have actually someone physically next to you and yeah. still feel lonely. So it's that difference between what you think in your mind is a genuine connection and what you're actually experiencing. Yep. So, you know, with all of this, I said, well, you know what? One of the things that I've learned from going to all of these different classes and seminars is we as human beings, we have this natural state that we're used to, to so we can get pumped up for a couple months and then revert right back to where we're at. That's not the truth. By the way, for, like, <laughs> for everything, like we get focused on something, whether it's fitness or a new marketing strategy or you know, yeah. a podcast, you're like, I'm going all in. And then all of a sudden you're like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> atrophy. Yeah. So, that, so that's where habits come in. And so habits are super important. So for me, one of the habits that I, I was able to maintain was journaling. And so, um, you know, and I, I don't like to write. So I needed this journal that was simple, that could do like, you know, less than five minutes a day, mm -hmm. but it touched upon the important questions that, you know, I needed to focus in on every day. And this whole concept of aloha. So I wanted to go back to yeah. Let's break it down. Concept it, yeah. of aloha. Um, many people think that aloha is a nice greeting. It's hi, goodbye. They see the logo everywhere. They love it. But in Hawaii, you talk to the uh, you know the the Hawaiians. There's aloha is a much much more deeper meaning, and it's a sacred meaning. A lot of Hawaiian words have multiple meanings. So I wanted to learn what that was because what I wanted to do was, you know, learn how to actually live Aloha myself. So I would go to these teachers and say, can you teach me about Aloha? And they said, well, no, we really can't. 
because aloha is not something you learn it's something that you live mm -hmm. and so i was working with this uh and good dear friend of mine pono shin and he learned uh, from his auntie auntie pilahi paki and there's this acronym of aloha which um you know you you could find this on the internet but basically the acronym is a for aloha stands for akahai which is kindness and grace and extending that to others without expecting anything in return the l in aloha stands for lokahi which means unity or being unbroken so it's this connectedness that you have um the o is olu olu uh which means gentleness agreeable so basically in your conversations with other people how do you make them feel uh, the h in um aloha ha'a ha'a stands for humility and also being empty and modest mm. and the final a is ahanui um which is patience and waiting for the moment perseverance so i thought wow i mean if you could incorporate those values into your life I mean, that that would be amazing in terms of your growth as an individual and your ability to connect with others so that's why i incorporated that into the aloha journal yeah in fact i know because you wrote it i mean they're written right there at the bottom yeah of your yeah. journal it's all so written I'm, there understanding it and i think it's fun because you know for me um it, it's a whole new culture to understand and try to get into tune with and you know the aloha journal i'm like oh i don't know if that's for me you know i don't know if aloha is for me Mm -hmm. uh, but it's been fun getting to understand it at a deeper level, connecting with you on it, like le reading the journal. Um, and I think there's a place in it for, for everybody. It's really powerful stuff. Yeah. So you had stayed consistent in journaling. You had found that that was a, an avenue for you that you wanted to play in, you, even though you hate writing, which I, I so resonate with. And I'm sure people <laughs> who are watching are like, you know, I hate writing too. I, I should journal, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Do you have any tips on how you stayed consistent in something that was not something that you felt like, um, you know, you didn't like writing? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I utilized it as a morning routine. Nice. So the first thing that I do when I get up in the morning, um, I'll, I'll meditate, and then I'll go straight to the journaling right after that. And then um, I, I link it with something. I, mean, I, I think I learned this from this thing called uh, Tiny Habits, hmm. where you want to link it with something that you already do. So every morning I already, I always drink coffee. So getting the coffee ready as it's boiling and getting out my journal, like, you know, at, you know, it takes maybe a few minutes to boil. I'll start, start to do a couple of the prompts. Yeah. And by that time it's like, you already started, you might as well finish, right? So I'm <laughs> coffee, I'm doing the routine. It's an enjoyable feeling. And, you know, um, uh, when we get into the journal, we can, we can go in a little deeper about like, you know, how, what each prompt means and um, the science behind those prompts as well. Because what I what I wanted to do was incorporate best practices from positive psychology as well as values of aloha. So let's let's go back a, a, a second here. So you spent a long career in banking and mortgage. You, you kind of got inspired to take another step into you know self improvement, and so you know you decided to to bring this journal to life. Right. Um, about two years ago, right? So before we dive yeah. into the journal, like yeah. what was that like? Because by the way, there's bringing something into existence is hard. There's hurdles, there's problems. There's like, you know, people think you're crazy. You know, there's like, hey, there's a lot of journals out there. You don't I, like, yeah. why do I, you know, so, so how, do, what was that process like? 
You know, it was it was very interesting because selfishly, the journal became a tool for me yeah. to con- to to stay like aligned. Um, because one of the reasons why um, I started on this journey is is because I was doing a lot of um, teaching and leadership development while I was at the bank, either for the bank yep. or for organizations outside of the bank. And I always wanted to go out on my own, but there was this voice inside that says, nah, you can't do it. Mm. I mean, are you crazy? Why would you want to do that? You're getting, you know, compensated well in the bank and people, you know, know you in the community as a banker. How will you actually be able to do that? So I grew up in a 25 year career in the bank with an imposter syndrome. I never, yeah. So it, 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 it's a real I'm thing. Sure people that are connecting with that all, all over the place, Danny. And I love the vulnerability there. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm, it, it's what happens is I think sometimes we get into careers and, they, and all of a sudden the career starts defining us, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, five, seven years in. You're like, oh, my God, I'm all in. Right. Yeah. But then there's this part of us that says, like, am I truly, um, you know, realizing my authentic gifts. There's something yeah. in my body or something in my spirit that's telling me like, no, this is actually not it, but it's fear mm-hmm. that's preventing you from taking any steps, right? Um, so what happened was, you know, my life, even though I was going through all of this great self-help and Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and, you know, different folks like that, I was not actually, um, living the life that I was talking about. Mm. So I was living very inauthentically. One day I would be talking about, hey, we got to be the best versions of ourselves and like think positively. And then I'll be yelling at my family. Yeah, I understand. So, <laughs> so you're living this dual life, right? And so that's why I kept grasping, like, what what is the answer? Like, how can I actually be aligned? And so what the journal, it, when it brought me back to the journal and, and just, you know, as I mentioned, going through these different uh, organizations like the, the Hoffman Institute yeah. where I learned like, oh, wow, these are just patterns that you learned early on. Yeah. The other thing I learned, Alec, was that, you know, when we're, when, we're, when we're born, right, we have these two needs. And these two needs are this need for like attachment and connection. And that's like basic survival things. You cannot leave a baby alone and that, that baby will not survive. It needs the parents. Yep. And particularly, it needs a mom. Yep. And so we will do anything in our power to actually maintain that connection. So if that means our parents says, hey, stop crying or stop doing this and that, we will adapt. Or we might rebuild. One of those, one of those two. But we just want that connection. So the other thing that we desire is this sense of authenticity. Yeah. But that actually goes away. We actually get disconnected because our yearning for that connection is so strong that we will be willing to leave authenticity on the side. And I think that's what happened for me. It's yeah. like, it's, it's your, cause everybody has this yearning, right? This feeling inside, like something's not right. I really should be doing this. Yeah. But the imposter syndrome starts kicking in, right? Oh, you can't actually do this. Then the other thing is, um, we actually, because of this disconnection, we start grasping for things external to us that never gets us connected. 100%. You see it all the time. Yeah. People chasing things that you you know something deeper is there because they're chasing stuff that you're like, why why this is not going to fulfill you? Yeah. Yeah. So so I I realized um, 
you know, whether it was in my career or outside in social settings, I would wear a lot of masks mm. because there's the, there was this strong desire to like, hey, I, I want to be accepted. I want to be approved. So I would wear these masks and then I would feel good temporarily. And then later on, it's like, gosh, that's so fake. <laughs> but I got to keep living that lie, right? But I'm in. Yeah, I have yeah. to do it. And so you, so you pivot and it's crazy after yeah. a really long career. And I'm sure there's others like that. You decide, no, I'm going to go this other direction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring something new to the world. And so did you have any, um, you know, uh, road roadblocks to like launch this thing? I mean, did you have oh, any? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was tough. Um, doing anything. I mean, l- luckily I had, um, I had saved up money. I mean, I, I it, it yeah. wasn't where, I had to jump into another job like right away. I said, hey, you know what? I'm really going to take, give this an honest year, see if this can work. And what I started to do was I started to like pitch the journal to, to different, anybody that I could, yeah. community, <laughs> schools, like, you know, I, I, would, I would be giving free talks and things like that. And there was a teacher that said, hey, you know, this would actually work. With, like, could it work with fourth graders? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's try it out. Let's try it out. And so um, we were doing this pilot with, with a bunch of fourth graders. Really? They started journaling, right? They didn't know like how to answer all the questions, but the teacher was very engaged and would do it with them. Hmm. And one of the things that's different about this journal, Alec, is going back to that connection piece. It's part of a value of Aloha that you're, you're never on this journey alone. It's always with other people. Right? I really like that. And then the other thing is, you know, going back to the research that we're doing on college campuses where this, you know, huge um, epidemic of loneliness and disconnection. So I wanted to create a tool that we could connect, people could connect with each other. Okay. And it worked really well in captive audiences. So how were students the are, how, like, like, how are they using it? In fact, let's, let's, let's yeah. pivot a little bit and sure. then we'll get into how they used it and all this stuff, which I found really amazing. But why don't we go through kind of like what you've set up? Yeah. Here. And and why don't you describe it? And I'll share, I'll show a little bit on the screen here. Okay. Um, but you know, what what did you you built this with intentionality? You know, it's not just a blank page and like right. you know, your thoughts, like it's directed. Yeah. So why don't you kind of go through the science and what why why you were intentional and how you direct how you crafted this? Sure. Okay. So <clears throat> the journal is um, first of all, there's no date on the journal, like a pre-filled date, like this is Monday, because I believe that, you know, any day you pick it up, that's that's the day you were meant to start. Love that, I love doing that. the journal, right? And a lot of times what, what happens is people start journaling and they and they missed a couple days and then they stop. It's like, oh shoot, I can't do it. Yeah, like, I feel like, like some guilt or something, like residual guilt, like I didn't journal yesterday or something. Yeah, exactly. But this one is like, hey, anytime you're ready, pick it up. And then the first question is your positive affirmation, your I am statement. So, you know, oftentimes, right, we, we are built with this negative bias. So when you wake up in the morning, you ask somebody, hey, you know, how are you doing? It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired. It's Monday. I'm hungry. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. Whatever it might be, right? I believe that the brain, whatever you feed it, it's going to find information on why that's true. Because its main job is to keep you sur- surviving and safe. Yep. But if you were to shift that and says, hey, you know what? I am courageous, I am brave, I am loving, I am aloha, I am humble. Then the brain is also going to figure out ways on why that's true as well. So your positive intention, first statement, 
up. Super, super important. So Danny, hold on. I'm going to try a little experiment here. So give me one yeah. second. This would be fun. Let me see if I can uh, move that, share screen. Oh, terrific. You got yeah. the journal right up there. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it even an even a better format here. So let's let's get this going here. Yeah. Okay, this will be fun, and then we can we can we can share exactly what is going on here. Yeah. So while you're doing that, I'll I'll explain like some of the um so the the way our minds work is it, it's super efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So research will tell you that the brain we have probably sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day, and um, eighty percent of those thoughts are negative. Right? Because <laughs> yeah. the brain says, okay, you know what, worst case scenario, at least it's going to keep us safe. 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday. Oh. So that's the intentionality of like, you know what, let's have some control in our lives and let's start off the day with a positive thought. You know, I am staying right there on the top. <clears throat> and um, I'm a big believer in breath work and meditation and being present. So, you know, the, the first thing to do is start by taking a deep breath smiling and then we start off the day first the, the next question is what is one thing i appreciate about me you know again um we, we are programmed so much to look for what's wrong mm -hmm. um, so like you know you you could you could have lost 10 pounds things looking great you look in the mirror and you have a zip on your forehead that's Seriously. the only thing you're going to remember is like, oh my God, I got this on my forehead. One negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you look for the things that you appreciate about yourself and, and in the beginning, this is difficult, right? Because we don't go around thinking, oh, I appreciate this. I appreciate that. But start off with the small things. You know, I appreciate that this morning I was able to open my eyes and I could actually see, right? And I have my sense of smell and taste, which not everybody has if you know, COVID, that goes away and you never know how much you take these things for granted. Yep. The, the fact that um, I was courageous enough to accept your invite to be on the show. First time I've done podcasts in my life. Just the little things that you appreciate about yourself. Because what happens is if you can appreciate yourself, then you can appreciate other things in life. And the, the things in life start to appreciate as well. And you can show appreciation for other people. But it has to start with yourself, right? Love that. This is this whole idea of self-compassion, self-worth. Next question is, um, what are two things I'm grateful for? Mm. So this is the question you'll see with hundreds of gratitude journals. Oprah will talk about it, five-minute journal. You know, people say, hey, what are the five things you're grateful for? Um, I'm lazy, so I said, hey, can, can I just come up with two? <laughs> And if I do that on a consistent basis, would that work? Yeah. So just two things that you're grateful for. Yeah. And, and gratitude to me um, just keeps me more humble because what I realize is a lot of the things that I'm grateful for, most things I have no control over. Like yeah. I didn't have control that the sun is out today and it's a nice trade wind breezy day and the plants are alive and, and all of these types of things. Um, so the gratitude portion of it you know, again, shows appreciation for what's going well in your life. Yeah. I could, I could talk about, you know, oh, this is, this is, these are the bad things that are happening, right? People getting COVID, I don't like what's happening with the storms and the political things and all of this. And that can consume me, but I have to take the time to take a look at what I'm grateful for. 
So, you know, in gratitude, um, one of the things that I've learned is the more um, specific you can be about your gratitude, the mm. more emotion that you can put into that, yep. the greater it'll impact it'll have because your brain has these neural pathways that get deeper and deeper with emotions that you associate with it. Yep. So I often give this story, Alec, about like, you know, I have a um, 23-year-old son, an 18-year-old daughter, and a daughter that's going to be turning 15 shortly. And so my All 18... of that is my nightmare, by the way. That's like my total... Because I have a 10 and a 6-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any... Uh, yeah, you, you, got, you, got, you got... That's why you can start journaling now. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my 16-year-old... My, my 18-year-old, when she, um, she... When she was like... 10, 11, 12, I could always put my arm around her. Mm. Um, when she turned like 14, 15, that became weird. And it's like, dad, don't even stand next to me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, you know, that, that, that was, you know, a, a heart killer right there. Yeah. But my, um, my 14 year old, right? She still allows me to put my, my arm around her. And shortly that's not, I mean, I, I realize that's not gonna happen, but, it, but she still allows me to do that. So that closeness and connection, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll write about that. I'm so grateful that I can still put my arm around Kylie. Yeah. Right? And it just fills my heart. See, here's the thing about journaling. The fact that I wrote that down, that event actually played out in my head again. And oh. when I read it back, that event happens again, right? And yep. so what the, what the studies on the mind will say is the mind cannot tell the difference between an event that happened like five minutes ago or five years ago. It also cannot tell the difference between an imagined event and a real event. It, it triggers the same emotions. Mm. Here's the thing about the connection piece though, Alan. The fact that I'm telling you about the story and everybody else who's listening, that event didn't only happen for me. It actually happened for you. Absolutely. I just, I'm picturing my six-year-old daughter, right? Yeah. So, of course, like I go right to the same emotional place that you're in. Because I, I, I have that same type of connection with my daughter. And, and so, of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next question is, you know, what can I get excited about today? You know, like a lot of people think, oh, my God, like my life is a drag. But it's, it's all perspective, right? I, I talk to people that have jobs that are like, oh, my God, I hate my jobs. Like, yeah. Dude, you have a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how you don't have jobs right now, for sure. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, the next question is, uh, I like to call the resiliency question is what's a challenging situation you might face today and how does your best self show up for it? Mm. So, you know, life is challenging. We're going to have challenges every day. It doesn't mean that your life is a challenge. It just means that there will be moments that will be challenging, but how do we prepare for it instead of running away? How does our best self show up for it? Yep. Right? Um, so, you know, it could be like today, I'm not used to getting interviewed so um a challenging situation is my oh i might get stuck my brain might freeze like mm. how does my best self show up for it's like that that's what that was meant to be just be authentic and just you know trust yourself right? you know what Daniel? i i want to pivot i'm gonna i want to expand on that for a second because yeah. there's so many parallels in, in that feeling you just expressed to so mm. many things that people are dealing with with social media with videos mm. or self out there yeah, insecurity of what if I don't show up the way I, I really want to show up? Right. What if I botch something, say something dumb, right. you know, forget my train of thought and get lost. Right. 
And the reality is that's the stuff that people want to connect with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't connect with the perfect scripted produced message. They connect with the mess yeah. of humanity because that's all of us. Right. So I loved your statement and I just want to kind of just share it again and highlight it because that's the stuff that's, that's where the real connection is. Yeah. No, you're so right. And then I think we talked about that and that was my fear on getting onto the camera. I was like, Oh no, but what if I say the wrong thing and things like that? But then that, that then shadows my authenticity. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the next question is an important one is how am I feeling? So you can expand on this, like, how am I feeling uh, in my body? How am I feeling emotionally? Mm -hmm. What am I thinking about in my mind? Mm -hmm. And it's so important to connect with those types of things. You know, um, I shouldn't say like all males, but the males that I know, when you ask them how, how you're feeling, they give you a weird look. It's like, what do you mean? Like, how am I feeling? So, so I have to, I have to pick, you know, this is a shameless plug, but I interviewed yeah. Dr. Janelle McCauley, who was an okay. ex for a 40, uh, 20 year combat veteran pilot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's now into almost the same space you're in. She's teaching mental strength, mental toughness. And she talks about breathing techniques and meditation mm -hmm. and things that high performing athletes and Navy SEALs and, and people need to do. And she says, it's funny because in the military, when you talk about feelings, it gets men get really like, well, that's this, that's not a thing. And they shove it down. So I love that you're addressing it head on because it's it's massively important. Yeah, totally. So, you know, if oftentimes you ask somebody today, almost guarantee, hey, how are you feeling? Oh, good. Or like fine or yeah, okay, fine. right? Those, and so what oh, happens my favorite, is- My favorite answer, living the dream. Living the dream, living right? The dream, yeah. Which means I don't really want to talk to you about how I'm feeling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but what happens is that becomes our vocabulary because we see it so often that we don't have any other way to articulate how we're actually feeling. And then we don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the research will show that if you can get in touch with your feelings and if you can sit with your feelings and not try to either ignore them or suppress them or, you know, take another substance to try to make that thing go away, then That's actually you will able to you'll be able to dissipate those feelings because they say the feeling should only last 90 seconds. But oftentimes we feel like if, if we're feeling like sad, it might feel like my life is sad, which is actually not true. So that ability to understand how you're feeling and actually feel it in the body, where does it reside in the body? Mm. And then the next question is, what do I need? Right? Because if you get stuck in that feeling and if it's a negative feeling, it, it can feel overwhelming. So the ability to articulate, you know what, I need this right now. Mm. So if I'm anxious, I need, I need to feel calm. Right. And then, so, so that's, the, that's the feeling question about it. And then the last question that's there is the aloha question. Yeah. So we break down every single value, right? And, and for a week, you'll focus in on one value. So if the value is ahanui, which is patience and waiting for the moment, you might have prompting questions on like, how can I be more mindful today? Or how might I be more patient with others today? Mm -hmm. Or how might I delay gratification today? So that question will always change. Um, so that's the morning routine. Yep, right? I love and, then, it. and then you get into this 
then you get then you get a quote every day you get a new quote and um and then you know everybody has this to-do list right so people's like okay what's the five critical things you must do today and things like that i just shifted the language and it says okay instead of things you have to do or must do or critically you, you like know, have to accomplish what are the things that you get to do absolutely I've heard that before too. And I love that reframing of have to do versus get to do. Yeah. So Perspective is so good. Yeah. So, so then you look at everything as a gift, right? That's like, wow, I get to do this. I, you know, um, and then, and then at the end of the day, before you go to bed, um, three questions, how did I live Aloha today? So if you scroll down a little on your screen, yeah, yeah, I, got, I got you yeah. right there. What's one situation I handled well? Because you, you know your day could have been a complete mess, but then there might have been one thing that you handled well. Mm -hmm. And then, what is anything um, new, something new that I learned today? The reason why um, I like this as an end of the day routine, and and for many of the folks that journal, this is the hardest thing to do because their end of the night routine is get out your phone, see what's going on on Facebook, or you know the news. How many COVID cases came out today? What's going on with you know Hurricane Laura, or what, what did what did the president say today, or whatever it might be, right? That's the last thing that your brain and your mind is going to remember as soon as you go to sleep, and then then you know that's how your subconscious works. But if you were to to tell your brain that hey, look, I lived Aloha today, I handled this situation well today. Mm -hmm. Here's something new I learned, and you go to sleep with that, and you wake up in the morning, you start like wow, I am alive today, you know, I am whole. Those are the things that can help you set you up to being your best self. Man, I love it. So now that we kind of got tactical and we kind of went through what is actually in the journal, you've got fourth graders in there playing. Yeah. And I, I want you to share, not because look, as an adult, we can understand like, mm -hmm. I get this stuff. Like Tracy had a really cool comment, right? Like about perspective and how mm -hmm. this, this journal kind of focuses you in, right? It allows you right. to have that perspective. And so Tracy, thank you for that wonderful comment. So share a little bit about these fourth graders. Yeah. Getting to me. So, so um, first, when, when I first introduced the journal to the fourth graders, they got excited. You know, everybody's excited to, to get new things, right? And saw yeah. different colors and things like that. And um, they start journaling as a practice every morning. So mm -hmm. the, the teacher's like in homeroom for the next five minutes. And I think they take 15 minutes. Let's just journal some of your thoughts. And the teacher would then share like some examples. But the cool thing happens like on Wednesdays, they get together. They have a partner for the week. Yep. And they just share anything that they want to in their journal. Right. And so one of the things that, you know, they, they like to share is that here's what I'm excited about for the day whether it's, you know, they're playing their new video game or lunch or recess, right? So what happens is um, then they start getting, as they get more comfortable and trust starts to build, then they might talk about something that they're scared about or something that they're sad about. And those types of things don't actually come out normally. Like school's not telling people like, hey, talk about what you're sad about, right? For it's sure. like press, right? But these are healthy emotions. Could you imagine fourth graders starting to talk about that? Yeah, I can't. So, my, my son's in third grade and I'm seeing it already. And I'm like, this is going to be something that I we're going to institute. So it's all good. Yeah, this is amazing. So one of the things that the teacher had, had um, told me, her name is Mrs. Kui, Lori Kui. 
she said, you know, the amazing thing happened with the, with the sharing is we have this student that was my challenging student um, that she would bully kids around, right? And, um, and when she went and did the talk, you know, when, when she got together with another student, the bully, one of the students says, well, one of the things that I am afraid of today is being, you know, bully. Uh, talked down to by the bully. And so the bully heard this and, and, and she said, wow, you know, she might not be talking about me, but I realize that I do have negative impact, that I impact others. So what happened was by the end of the six weeks, I went back and I interviewed these students. Yeah. And the bully wanted to get interviewed. And she, and she said, you know, this journal changed me. I want to be kinder to other people. Wow. So that's the power of connection. We think that we leave we live these lives in silos. That it can't it can't be only me that has this imposter syndrome or I'm scared or I think you know things are gonna be terrible. Or it could be the opposite. Where I don't know if it's like this with other cultures, but in Hawaii, you know, our parents tell us, Hey, you know, um, don't brag out there, just be humble, right? Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, do not air out your dirty laundry because ruin the family name. Um, so we go through life, just everything's cool. Everything's okay. And we never get to express. So it's good to express the good things. I'm excited about this and the challenging things. You know, I think that's almost universal. I know you mentioned it's maybe a cultural thing, but man, there's so much like, look what society tells us, you know, like be perfect. Look at, look at social influencers and Instagram web liberties and like all that stuff, like all the fakeness, all the light culture. Yeah. You know, it, it's brutal. Um, you got to look a certain way. You got to earn a certain thing. You got to right. act a certain way. I mean, the culture just gets pushed on everybody. Um, and then the imposter syndrome, people hide and fake it. And they, they, I think Danny, I think many people are dealing with this. Many, many yeah. people are dealing with this. Yeah. And it goes back to what I was talking to earlier is this, is this human need that we have from when we were born, this, this need to be connected and feel authentic. So what the journal does at least for me, is a constant daily reminder to one to one tell me that, you know what, I'm, I'm enough. That there's so many things that I can appreciate about myself, that I can be grateful for others, that I have this connection with other people. And through the values of Aloha, one of the ones that I, I resonate with a lot is this value of Lokahi. And Lokahi is this unity and this connection, but the deeper meaning is um, to be unbroken. So if we're going through life feeling like we're disconnected and broken, we are going to desperately grasp for things to bring us back to wholeness. It might be unconsciously that we're doing it, but that's what we're doing. It's like, evaluate me, like my post, you know, like that I'm, I'm senior vice president of this or president of this, or I'm doing all of these things and I got a nice car and all of this. That's just validation because you want to get back home. But when you realize that everything that's external actually doesn't get you whole. It gets you more disconnected. You know, I, I love that, that message so much, Danny. I, I, personally, I, I find titles to be so um, frustrating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I can see how they're helpful to a degree because they, they frame up something for somebody. They give somebody kind of an understanding of like, like this is, you know, Alec, the, if I was, you know, back when I was a loan consultant, it was, that was helpful. Like people, oh, okay, this is what you, you kind of do. But then when it gets kind of, um, I'll use the word like, you know, corrupted and it becomes a status symbol or something someone's chasing um it's it's toxic 
Yeah, so, and you, you just you you constantly need that fuel to validate you, right? So you go for another job. It's like, hey, wait a minute. In my in my last job, I was executive vice president. This has this is a must title that I need to to maintain. Well, my my favorite are people that just become CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they go to legal zoom and now they're the CEO of whatever. And I'm like, yeah. really? like <laughs> the CEO of, of, of what <laughs> the paper, right. but that was important. So that, you know, now they have CEO on there. So Danny, let's do this as we kind of wrap yeah. down here. Um, okay. This has been really a great conversation. And, and, and from my perspective, right? Like I, I lead, um, you know, salespeople, especially in mortgage right now. And perspective right. is something that is so crucial to have because we're under massive amounts of stress right now. Mm -hmm. Massive amounts of stress because more loans than ever before have fallen on top of our heads. We're trying to serve our customers. We've, we've set expectations. Now those expectations are changing, you know, because now other external pressures and other things happened. And now we have to go back to somebody and change commitments. Right. Like, hey, what you thought was gonna happen isn't gonna happen right. that way anymore. And, and there's all this intense emotion from our partner mm -hmm. and everything else. Um, and, and we can lose perspective so easily because we hit breaking points. Yes. And so in that environment, in that experience, um, what would you say journaling would help with? Yeah, um, no, that, that's a great question. I think journaling, what, what the journaling would do, would it would be giving you some, a lot of insights, not only what you're going through, but what others are going through as well. So a lot of times we think these thoughts in our head, right? But we go back to this basic survival instinct. Like, what, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? My customer's yelling at me, I'm gonna lose this loan, I'm gonna lose this deal, not gonna exactly. get paid, right? What the journaling does is it slows you down, right? It makes Ooh, you reflect. I like that. And I so like that. When people say, people say, hey, you know what? Can you make this thing online? And I've, and I've hesitated to do like an app for it because there's tons of apps you can do. Just the cathartic um, activity of writing things down, again, the idea is imprinted in your brain. Right? So I go back to this value of ha-ha-ha-ha, ha, ha, which is empty. So that's a good value in what we're going through right now. Because if we're not empty, we are not able to look at our customers and feel what they're feeling. Yeah, the frustration of having to apply for a loan again, and now I know there's there's all of these different requirements. Like, hey, if 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 the person had a job when they applied, can you make sure before we actually fund that they still have a job? Right there, it's like I don't want to ask them that question. Right? Oh, it's brutal, but but we have to, right? I mean, it's but no we but we have to, but we also have to be understand how they are feeling. This yeah. whole thing about empathy. And if we are so consumed with our own feeling and we cannot empty ourselves to, to, to welcome somebody else's, then that's gonna be hard. So that's why the journaling helps. It, it just says, hey, what's a challenging situation I might face today? Uh, you know, all of these things that, I, that are happening with, with our world, you know, how does my best self show up? You know, Danny, thanks for hanging out today. Um, for everybody that listens to this, and if you're listening in the future, um, comment hashtag bypass. It always makes me smile that somebody paused to listen in. And um, I just want to say this, you know, uh, this is a modern lending podcast. I, I normally I bring a ton of heat and energy. Uh, I'm, I'm pushing, you know, strategies forward. I'm trying to drive, you know, the local pro to become more digitally centric and all that mm -hmm. amazing stuff. But this is an important conversation um, because in this craziness, um, we do have to slow down. We do have to recenter and focus and, and get our perspective right. And I think that's just as important in sales 
as figuring out what your digital strategy is going to be on social mm -hmm. media. I think those things are congruent. I think they go hand in hand. I think that if you play too hard in one and you don't focus in on the other, you won't, you won't get to the success that you're capable of. And Danny, I really appreciate your time, your insight today. I, this is extremely helpful. Um, there's uh, uh, Ashley posted this. Um, we'll, we'll share this in the comments, the alohajournal.com. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. Um, really grateful for your time today, Danny. Thank you very much. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Alec, and thank you for all the listeners here and listeners in the future. Uh, just remember that you know um, you are already whole. So the journey to Aloha is realizing that when you come back to yourself, you're already whole. And I'll leave you with that. Then good luck with everything, and uh, much love, Mikey. Take us out. We'll see you guys next time.